as we have <clears throat> as we have been sharing, um, we started Advent last Sunday and we lit the first candle, and our first candle represents the hope that Jesus brings. And our second candle that I'm going to light in just a moment represents the peace that he brings. I want you to turn in your Bibles, if you would, to Luke chapter 1, beginning with verse 26. Luke chapter 1, beginning with verse 26. It says, In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a town in Galilee called Nazareth, to a virgin engaged to a man named Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary, and the angel came to her and said, Rejoice, favored woman, the Lord is with you. But she was deeply troubled by, the state, by this statement wondering what kind of greeting this could be. Then the angel told her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Now listen, <clears throat> you will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will call his name Jesus. He will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord gave and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever, <clears throat> and his kingdom will have no end. Mary asked the angel, how can this be, since I have not been intimate with a man? The angel replied to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of of God. And you considered and consider your relative Elizabeth, even she has conceived a son in her old age. And this is the sixth month for her who was called childless. For nothing will be impossible with God. I am the Lord's slave, said Mary. May it be done to me according to your word. Then the angel left her. This morning, as we look at this passage of Scripture, it brings us to our second candle that we light, and it is the peace candle. And I, the reason we say it's the peace candle, because in this passage of Scripture, we find where it says the angel Gabriel came to Mary and said, do not be afraid. And, and at this point, we find that Gabriel came with a message to bring peace in her heart so that she would not be fearful. I want us to see today that as we are reminded of the Advent candles, that Jesus Christ, when he came as a babe, brought peace. When Jesus comes again, he will fulfill that peace even more, as he will bring that peace to this world that has seen so much hatred and war, he will bring peace again. So may we be reminded of the peace that he brings. Let's pray together. <clears throat> Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for this time together. And Lord, I ask that you would bring us, Lord, a recognition of your presence today, that, Lord, we would feel that. And Lord, that as we look upon your presence Lord, that we might be mindful. Lord, may we be mindful of the one who 
is coming and has come. Lord, guide us today. Give us the strength we need. We thank you, Lord, for the hope and the peace that you bring. Lord, show us in your son's name. Amen. In the passage of Scripture we read this morning, we find that the angel Gabriel brings a message of peace. He tells Mary, don't be afraid. You know, a lot of times when we get a message sent to us, we don't mind it if that message is good news. But sometimes when the message comes, we find that the message is not always good news. Sometimes it's bad news. And that's why you've heard the expression or heard the story sometimes where it is said, don't shoot the messenger. Because sometimes the message is bad news and you don't want to hear it. And so it's kind of like, well, take out the messenger. Well, that doesn't solve anything, does it? You see, in in, in ancient day, when the king made a decree, there wasn't Instagram and there wasn't Facebook and there wasn't the news media sitting at his door and televised on, on, on the television. The king would send out messengers to the different parts of the kingdom. As these messengers would go out, excuse me, As the messengers would go out, they would bring the the message of the king to the people. Now, it's one thing if the messenger went to the village and was wishing everyone Merry Christmas, but if that messenger was there to bring the message that next year taxes were going to be doubled, you could imagine that that messenger would be a little bit worried about the people's reaction and possibly that they would take it out on him. In the story that we have before us, we find that the angel Gabriel brings a message. It brings a message to Mary as we look at this passage of Scripture where it says, Don't be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. This morning as we excuse me, think of this story, you know, there are times in our lives that we are greatly troubled. And even though we're in a joyous season, let's not be fooled, let's not be mistaken that there still are people today that that are very, well, maybe apprehensive or concerned or this season is not as joyous to them that maybe everyone else seems to be. We need to be careful. We need to realize that today not everyone is happy at Christmas. It is not a merry Christmas for some. So what can we do? Well, we need to be sensitive And realize that there are some people who are afraid of what's happening in their life. They are afraid of what they see on their horizon. They are afraid what they see might be coming their way. And because of that, fear grows. And when fear grows in our lives and the fear gets so strong that many times it affects the way we live. It affects that a lot of times we don't get out in public. The fear seems to cripple us. Well, God's message to to Mary was not one to cripple her, but it could have. Could you imagine the message that she was told? And and, 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 and I'm sure that if there was anything that was going to be told to her, I'm sure that this was the farthest from her dreams, that this would be the message God would send her. 
Now, we don't know the exact age of Mary. I have read different commentaries, and some say that she was as young as 12 or 13. We don't know. I don't know. But I am sure a young lady of that age, she had dreams. She had thoughts. She's thoughts about her life and how it would be and the young man that she was betrothed to and what would happen in her life. You know, today, a lot of times we have dreams, don't we? We have thoughts. Some of you were told as children, maybe, excuse me again, Maybe some of you as children were told what you were going to be by your parents. You say, well, that doesn't happen anymore. It does. Maybe you were told. Maybe you had your own dreams. But what about God's plan for our life? Some very interesting things. As Mary heard this from the angel. As we look at this passage of Scripture and we listen to Mary and her reaction, as Gabriel came before her and shared this, I want you to, <clears throat> excuse me, I <clears throat> didn't have this problem in the first service, but uh, <clears throat> look at verse 38. I want you to see in this last verse, in verse 38, three things that Mary, I believe, That Mary, as she listened to the plan, as she listened to the announcement, as she listened to the message from God, look at the first thing she said. I am the Lord's slave. Now, that is astounding. Now, I know in our world today, to think about a slave. A slave is one who has no rights. A slave is one where he or she serves the master. Even in some of our translations, because the word slave makes some people nervous, that's why in some translations it uses servant. Because slave gives a different connotation. Do we consider ourselves as slaves when it comes to a relationship with Jesus Christ? That we are the slaves of Christ. That we are the slaves of God. Mary was saying after she had heard this plan before. Her response is I am the Lord's slave. In other words I will do whatever the Lord asks of me. Wow. Does that pass on to us as children of God today? That if we are children of God. Lord, I am willing to do whatever you ask of me because I am a slave to you. Now, what kind of thinking is that? What kind of thought is that as we, she admits, now listen to this, she's admitting that she has no rights before God. She's an example to every follower of Christ who would come after her. Now, in North America, in which we live in, we're big on rights, aren't we? We are. We, we, you know, we, we, we believe in free speech. We believe in to bear arms. We believe to pursue our own happiness. You know, we, we, we have rights. But what about as a child of God? Are we a slave to Christ? I know I got the same kind of response in the first service. I know it's cold. And I know it's early. Even at... 10.30 or 11 or whatever it is. 
But think about that. Mary is saying that she heard the message of God. Her response was, I am the Lord's slave. I am willing to do whatever the Lord, my master, commands me to do. That is a bold statement. Could you imagine with us, as we think of the Lordship of Christ, if we, we, if we would be willing or come to that point spiritually where we would say, I am a slave. I am the Lord's slave when it comes to God. In other words, I am here, Master God, to do whatever your plan is in my life. That is just astounding as we think of that. When we acknowledge Jesus as Lord, we give up our rights. And see, that is something that's hard for us. But when we accept Jesus Christ as Lord, we give up those rights. But in doing so, fear is that natural response when we attempt to place ourselves above God. And many times that's what we do in our world today. And even in our, in our nation, we put ourselves above God. To avoid fear. To acknowledge. What are we? God's slave. That God owes us nothing. You think about it. What does God owe us? I know a lot of times, well, he owes us this and he owes us this. He doesn't owe us nothing. Now, he does give us many things. But he owes us nothing. You see, Mary acknowledged that she was God's slave. The second thing in that verse, in verse 38, Mary said, May it be done to me according to your word. Here we find where Mary affirms God's plan to be the best. Now, you know, a lot of us, all of us in this room, what if we could, what if we had learned that very early on, that God's plan is the very best in our life? You say, well, preacher, we knew that, but we just chose to do something else. But Mary had the forethought, or she had the faith, and she had a desire in her life. I'm sure Mary was like any teenager. She had certain ideas and certain thoughts in her mind. Certain things that she was thinking about her life. Where they would live. What they would do. But we find that Mary heard the plan of God through the angel Gabriel. And she knew it was the best plan. And she said yes to God. You know, again, think about it. That would be a plan that, quote, she had never or would have thought of of her own. And a lot of times what happens when we're confronted with things that we've never heard of or things that seem so strange to us. Was it all? God couldn't be in that. But you see, sometimes because we have limited God and we, won't, and we won't let God give us or fill us with a new understanding, we have limited God. And so when we do hear God's plan, it seems strange to us because we have not fully comprehended the will of God. But here's another thing in that verse. Not only did Mary says, Lord, I'm your slave. And second, Lord, 
May it be done according to your way. And then the angel left her. Now you say, well, preacher, what, what did we get out of that? Well, at that moment, when the angel left her, she was alone. Now, let's face it, none of us, I know some of you think you want to be alone, but, but, but you know, a lot of times, do you really want to be alone? Mary accepted being alone. Now, we know in verse 39, we hear about Elizabeth and Mary went to visit her, but for that moment, she was alone. Now, think with me. No one else had heard this message that Gabriel had delivered, right? No one else, just Mary. Okay. She had heard it. She had accepted it. But no one else had. She was getting ready to face, you might say, the, <laughs> the things of her community. She was betrothed. She was faced with this, with this engagement. And not everybody was going to understand what was going to take place. She was scorned by her, her society. Again, there wasn't Facebook and there wasn't Instagram and there wasn't Snapchat and all those other things. But I am sure in the small town that she lived in, looks, when people heard the looks that people give. Oh, I remember as a small child sometimes. Gary, I'd be sitting out in the church. My mother either was playing the piano or singing in the choir. She always, 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 no matter where she was, she found me in that congregation. And if looks could have killed, I'd been dead multiple times. She didn't have to say a word from the piano or say a word from the, from the, from the choir loft. She just gave me that look. I know some of y'all, some of y'all do that too. You got it down pat. You imagine what Mary was facing. Two ladies sitting over there. Mary goes by and they get, they give that shake and they give that like, we can't stand that you're just walking by us. She was faced with scorn of her society. She was burying a child out of wedlock. Now I know in our society today it seems commonplace, but, but, but today wasn't then. And when you look at that, she was faced with the scorn of her society. She was unmarable. In other words, even if Joseph, if Joseph would have did away with her, she couldn't marry again. She was facing all of this dishonor when she, when she went. And she would what? She would be alone. But was Mary alone? The angel had left. But you know, as back to verse 30. In verse 30 says, The angel told her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Now guys, God is not fickle. God's when he says, You have found faith. God had not abandoned Mary. Even though those moments she felt like she was alone, no one else, she, she couldn't pull out her cell phone and say, well, here, listen to what Gabriel told me before you judge. She couldn't do that. 
And if she did talk about an angel and telling her those things, what would the people have said? Well, you have been drinking or something. You're crazy. But the Lord had found favor. And so that gets me to thinking today. I know sometimes people say, you know, I wish, I wish God would, would do a mighty work in my life. I, I see other people, how God has used them. Well, could it be that God hasn't found the favor to work in your life? In other words, if God said something to us or to you or to me, would we just say, well, God, no, come on. That can't be done. Lord, what would people think? Here, God went to a teenager. That's why sometimes, I, I, I know the little kids sometimes give Brother Preston fits, but let me tell you, those, those kids would go charge hell with a water pistol. Now, they might think it's a game, but hey, they're ready. A lot of us adults would have, well, you know, you know what good is that going to do? What are we teaching other people? And, you know, we, we would analyze it to death. Could God be convicting us to change in other words, this Christmas, could God, could God be sending you a messenger? Could God be sending you an angel? Could God be sending you a word? Maybe it's to give over hidden or persistent sins. Maybe he's calling us to get on our knees and and, and, and to dedicate ourselves and, and realize where it all came from. And it's all about him and not us. Maybe God is coming to us this season to, to call us to himself. Or maybe call us into some type of ministry that we think, oh, there's just no way. I, I, I'm too old to consider changing this and changing that. I've got a five-year plan, and that's just not in it. Or maybe God is calling you into generosity. And you say, well, Lord, that just doesn't fit my plan or my budget. But God is calling you to give. Or maybe this Christmas season, God is sending you a messenger to call you to marital faithfulness and abstinence before marriage. Maybe God is calling you in those things. And would we be like Mary? When the messenger comes, don't be afraid, but this is what God is sharing with you. Would we respond like Mary? I am the Lord's slave. In other words, I am willing to do whatever the Lord has called me to do. You see, Mary... Realized her position. It's hard for us today in our society and the way we live here in Western culture. You see, because position is important in our society. And because position is important, thinking about giving that up or thinking of becoming like a slave in the sense in our relationship with God. We're thinking, how can this be? But what is the Lord saying to us? What is the Lord trying to send a message to us? Do you think God has a plan for your life? I only heard three amens. I get the rest of y'all in trouble. Do you think God has a plan for your life? Amen. 
Now, God had a plan for Mary's life, far different than I'm sure she ever imagined. You're thinking, well, preacher, I'm 52. This is not a time for a new plan. Or I'm 63. This is not time for a new plan. Well, do you have to live your life the same way forever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever till you die? Or could God present something new? Could God bring something new? Would we be willing to say, yes, Lord, I am your servant. I am your slave. Yes, Lord, I am ready to do that. Are you willing to experience that? Or... Say, oh, Lord, I'm fearful what you might ask me to do. You know, for some of you, God's been asking you to do something for many, 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 many years, and you've been putting him off. You know, today could be the day you finally give up. You see, there's areas in our life where we're distressed and we're fearful, but we could be willing to say, Lord, your servant, here I am. I'm willing to accept your plan. And that could be the most joyous and exciting times of your life. Of accepting the plans that God has made. Mary, she found favor. Let's see that in our Christian lives, we need to continue to grow and continue to allow God to, to, to show up. You know, a lot of times, you know, just like I said, we, we want God to show up, but, but are we showing up? God's there, but are we willing to, 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 to mean business and get where God wants us to be? Let's not shoot the messenger, but let's accept the word of God. This Christmas season. Let's pray. Scripture 70, Father, Lord, I thank you for your word and I thank you, Lord, for your message. I pray, Lord, that we wouldn't shoot the messenger, but Lord, that we would look at the message and look at our own lives and see, are we ready? Are we ready, Lord, to accept your plan in our lives? We might think it's impossible to accept a new plan at this stage of life. But Lord, you asked people who were over a hundred to lead nations. You asked people as young as teens to change nations. Lord, I pray that we would be willing, no matter what our age or what we think is an appropriate time, be willing to follow your plan in all that we do. Lord, I ask this.